said. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Sidney. Thank you for being here this morning to participate in this worship service. And we hope and pray that you come for no other reason but to worship God in that manner in respect, in spirit, and in truth. And I want to say if there are any questions pertaining to our order of worship as far as why do we conduct it the way we do? Why do we not use mechanical instruments of music? That's a big thing concerning many people when they visit the Church of Christ. One of the first things they recognize, no choir stand, no piano, no organ, um, no uh, praise team, and all of those things. There's a reason why we do not utilize that. And we have scriptural basis of reasons as to why we don't. And we encourage you to ask questions. We encourage you to seek out the things concerning your soul salvation. To seek out things concerning what God would have you to do. Don't just leave. Don't just leave saying, I wonder why they observe communion every Sunday. Why do they take communion every Sunday and most other religions only do it once a month? Don't leave question, questioning yourself. Ask us. Believe it or not, you go walk up to me and ask me. I know many religions, you wouldn't dare approach their preacher. Hmm. But I'm just a man, a humble servant just like you. And my concern is like all of the members concerned here, is that you come to the knowledge of truth. Come to know who God is and what God would require of you and have you to do in order to be saved. This is not some show, it's not some concert. This is worship. And God has outlined it in his word how we are to conduct ourselves, not only in our behavior in the worship, but how to go about worshiping him. Amen. I realize and understand many religions, you know, they incorporate a lot of different things in their worship. And, but that only goes as far as those that don't have the respect and the love and the regard for the truth and for what God would desire. We believe it's important to adhere strictly to what the Word of God said. Who knows better how God wants to be worshipped than He Himself? Amen. And His desire is that we do it in spirit and in truth. And the truth is the Word. You want to know what the truth is? God's Word is true. Jesus prayed in John 17. He says, sanctify them. Through that truth, that word is true. So how do we know what God desires? We go to the word of truth. And we don't go beyond the word of truth. We don't add, we don't subtract. We simply utilize what God has given us. We don't worship based upon, well, what if God might like this? No. Whatever God desires and wants, 
he has made known unto us. And I'd rather go to judgment based upon what he has given than taking a chance on, I thought you might like this. <laughs> Two young men thought it was okay to present strange fire <laughs> unto God. But they found out in such a cruel way that God is no one to play with. Amen. God killed them. He killed them. But you have to look at it from the proper uh, perspective. They brought death upon themselves. Right. God made it known what he wanted. But they chose to lean to their own understanding, or I should say, to demonstrate a lack of respect toward God to render what they wanted to. God is no toy to be, to be playing with. The Bible teaches us God has a right. God, as greatly as he is abundant in love, God is still no one to play with. Amen. And he expects those who claim to love him, he expects those who expects to be blessed by him to be obedient unto him. So that is why you may not find many things done in the Church of Christ as you would in many other religious denominations simply because we choose to stay and adhere to the scripture. Mm -hmm. It's not in the preacher, the elder, the deacon, or anybody else to change what God has spoken. Amen. It is God that we come to worship not to come and feel good about ourselves and to make ourselves feel good we come here to worship is that all right so feel free if you're visiting with us and you have questions regarding why we do the things we do why the order is the way it is we want to give you a bible answer a bible answer right not what we think, not what we feel, or not what we are guessing about God. We don't have to guess about God. What God would have us to know about Him, we can go to His Word and know. We don't serve a God that we guess about. We serve a God that we know about. Amen. This morning, our lesson text is found inside the bulletin. And the lesson title is Place or Planted? Place or Planted? And in the scripture text that was read into your hearing, Psalm 92, verses 13 through 15, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. I love these passages. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Amen. There's no greater 
lawn people. There's no greater person who can, if we would have to say, had a green thumb. No one greater than God. No one knows more about nurturing. No one knows more about tending to and, and, and just making things perfect than God. And also what I love about it, they shall still bring fruit in old age. There's something God can utilize you for even at an old age. Amen. You may say, I can't do what I used to do. Well, the truth is, none of us can. But there's still something you can do. Some folks say, I speak to some elderly people sometimes. I said, how you doing? They say, I'm still kicking. Not as high as I used to, but I'm still kicking. But it's good to still just to be able to kick. Right. So even at an old age, there is still something God can utilize you in doing. In our outline, it says to be planted means that the roots are fixed at one place. There is a difference between something that is placed and something that is planted. What is placed may be moved, but what is planted is fixed and it'll move. The desire of God is that we should be fixed in the house of God and that is in the body of Christ. Don't allow anything to move you from the house of God. The time you spend with the Lord in prayer and fellowship matters a lot because that is what will determine whether you are planted or placed. Many Christians today have a problem. They claim to be planted. They claim to be converted. They claim to be those who have roots in the church, but yet they move around every time you look around. Now, one thing I know about plants, especially flowers, that I've learned over a number of years from Sister Tillman, and you all know Sister Tillman is responsible for all of these beautiful flowers you see when you drive up and when you look outside and walk around. Sister Tillman is responsible for right. nurturing and planting and seeing about all of these things. One thing I've learned from her, you don't plant flowers and then dig them up and move them around. <laughs> flowers need to take root. That's right. Mm -hmm. And taking root, they gain nurture. They, they get the feeding. They get the connection into the soil and to the ground so that when the when the storms come, when the strong winds come, when whatever the weather elements are, they can withstand. They don't just get washed away or blown away. They are planted into the ground, not just 
placed outside on top of the soil. See, some of us are just placed in the church. And that's why whenever any little commotion or something arise, you vanish. There, you have no roots to withstand anything. And you can't grow if you cannot deal with adversity. This world is full of adversity. Satan is the master of adversity. So this morning, I, 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 I challenge you to look within yourself and ask yourself, am I a place member at Locust Grove or am I a planted member at Locust Grove? The outline goes on to say, there are some seasonal Christians who pray in certain hard conditions of life. Once they are over with that particular condition, you will hardly see them. I call them the 911 Christians. They show up when something traumatic has you know, occurred in their life, something they want from God that only God can work out or help them through. And then once they get what they want, They're like a John with a hooker after he paid and finished his business he walking. Hmm. Show up for every service. As long as you wait on God to do something. Hmm. And when God delivers, you see him no more. Not consistently. Then there's another group which abandons, they abandon the house of God when trouble comes because they see every trouble as a God sent trouble on their lives. So they blame God for that. God, why did you allow this to happen? Why did you do this to me? God loves us. Amen. But even in growing spiritually, God disciplines us. God challenges us. You can't stand a challenge. What are you, what are you really made of? If you're going to fall away and you're going to faint because of being challenged on something, what are you really made of? How will you ever mature? How will you ever develop into what God can use you for in the future to help and lead somebody else? Have you ever considered the word leader? The word leader isn't given to a, a person who's weak, who's fainted hard, who's soft. Leaders marched by a different cadence than the rest. But yet, he or she is in tune to still lead them and direct them. But the leader is the one 
they go to when the way becomes uncertain. They consult the leader and say, what are we going to do? They don't become confused and outraged and say, oh, we're doomed. There's no hope. The leader takes a stand. Lead side. And they are waiting. They're not faint because of challenges. If anything, they become stronger. They become better. That's what the Christian life is about, folks. Facing challenges. Dealing with adversities. Being steadfast. Unmovable. And not blowing and wavering and running from one congregation to the other because you don't want to face up to adversity. Right. I often ask myself, why would people believe the church would be a place without adversities and, and, and conflict? You're dealing with people. And if I may say, people are full of mess. And it takes some longer to be cleaned up than others. So you're going to have adversity. You're going to have confusion. You're going to have conflicts. God has given us the way to deal with it. But you got to have the backbone. you got to have the faith. you got to have the courage to use God's faith. Amen. And God's plan is not for any Christian to grow stronger by uprooting from here and running there and running there and running there. That's right. Sister Tillman told me, she showed me one time after she got through fussing at me, because this was years ago, I ran over a few flowers. I thought were weeds. <laughs> Looked like weed to me. So she put a ban restriction on me. She said, when you're up here, you stay away from this area, this area, this area, this area. Now you cut all you want to out there. <laughs> but I take care of this. But she showed me, you can take this flower here. And it can stay in this, this base, this container for a little while. But after a short period of time, the roots begin to expand. What would happen if you don't change it from that pot to a larger one or put it in the ground? It'll what? It'll die! What happened even after you plant it and it takes root and you decide, oh, I'm just going to pull this nest this up out the ground and go put it over here. You would think it should be able to jumpstart itself and gang life and start again. Maybe with some plants or pieces of plants you could do that. But in most cases, it's going to die. Because it's not designed to take root and to be snatched back up. Christians aren't made to jump around from one place to another. You need to get somewhere and take root yes, and learn to deal with life. Right. 
Well, I was over there. This came up. So I'm running over here. Let me tell you something. It's mess every way you come in. And the only reason you've been deceived and believing there is no mess because you're not rooted anywhere. Amen. You, you, you blow on this side of town this week, then the wind blow you on this side of town next week. And the reason you don't know there are problems and, and issues at those congregations because you know what? You have no connection with anywhere. Every Sunday you just show up and place yourself. You're not playing. You're just place there. We need to be rooted. Amen. Another group is one that is too busy for God. They are planted in their offices and business places and have no roots in the house of God. One thing that is common in all the groups that are not planted in the house of God is that they don't flourish via the godly definition of flourishing. They don't bring forth fruit in old age. Some folks, I think it was probably 12, 14 years ago, a big tree was planted out there. And I could say to this day, June 7, 2019, I've never seen that short on that tree. No. Every time I, I'm out by that tree, I'm so tempted to just knock it down. <laughs> you what, what are you doing? You don't provide no shade. <laughs> Nothing flourishes on you. Nothing. But then I said, nah, I won't I won't bother that tree. Plus was the lesson. Wanted that tree to be plenty. <laughs> but some of us or like that old tree out there. How many years before you bloom? How many years before some indication of fruit show up? And what I mean by fruit, by the life you're living, that you're going to influence somebody by your Christian living. How many years? You got time for everything else in life. But let me tell you something else you got time for. Mm-hmm. You got time for that. Mm-hmm. And you share that. Whether you're fruitless or you're flourishing, you're going to leave here. That one particular group, they may make money, yes, but their lives can't be desired. They live miserably. They live miserable lives. And sometimes they don't see the reason for living. They're so busy making a living, they don't even realize what life is. They look happy on the outside, but are full of sorrow inside. This is because there is no other place for flourishing rather than the house of God. Take root. You're here today and you're not a member of the Lord's church. You're not a member of the church of Christ. You need to take root today. Mm. 
You need to take root today and really come to the experience of what life is truly all about. Amen. And believe it or not, what you're going to find out is life is more than making money. Because one day you're going to die and you're not going to take it with you. I could write you a, 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 a check on a closed checking account and it'll do you just as good when you're going when you die. Then it would you trying to take it all with you will come to the understanding and the true meaning of what life is, what the Bible says, the conclusion of the whole matter about life is fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. You can labor and put up in savings mm. and say I'm, I'm building this up and building this up only to die and not to know whether your son or your daughter or whoever is going to be wise or they're going to be a fool. Mm. And they may make good of it or they may waste it. Mm. But you won't have no control over it. Hebrews 9.27 teaches us for as it is appointed unto man once to die, and after death, after that, the church. What will you bring into the church? The Bible said about the faithful, those that have those that have lived according and abiding in obedience and truth, their, their works shall follow them. But what if life has only been to you about pleasing you? See, the works that follow the righteous into judgment are the works that please God. The things that the Lord has commanded us to do in order to please Him. Matthew 25, I always refer to people say, well, I don't know what I can do in order uh, to be involved, you know what? There are always people hungry you can be. Mm -hmm. There are always people incarcerated, but if you don't want to visit them, you can write them. Mm -hmm. You can encourage them. We have people listed in our bulletin today who are incarcerated. And, and, and since I said that, uh, the gentleman listed in here, Cleo, Cleolis James, <coughs> I spoke to his mom the other day and he said he wants to write a letter to thank everyone who has sent a card, been praying for it, and written letters and just sent notes. He said it has made a tremendous difference in his life. I don't know if you know folks now. I'm saying it from being able to walk in and out. I worked in the prison system for almost 17 years. It's not easy to work there. I've worked at penitentiaries down to minimum security. I've visited with the security. You name them, I've been there. It's not easy working there. Can you imagine being incarcerated? 
you tell me that nothing can do with you. So when you die and you're going to judgment, what's going to follow you? Well, you, you could have taken some works that you wrote someone who was incarcerated to encourage you. You could have helped that person who was naked and needed some decent clothing. Instead of dreaming about those dresses or skirts or blouses, you ain't going to never get in again. Keep, keep opening that closet. You know what? You got a big old section right there. <laughs> Wasted space. Garments hanging there. We ain't gonna get Nature has spoken. <laughs> the older you get, things shift. Things move. Things say. And they say, no more. You know, that's like people going out getting tattoos. When, 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 when they're young and, and their arm is firm and all this, but then they get old. Oh, yeah. that, 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 that tiger looks fierce because they, they, they can flash. But then they get old, that tiger looks like he's a prince. Oh, that's nothing to lift it up anymore. <laughs> So what 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 are you gonna take in the judgment? I was hungry, I was naked, I was thirsty, and I always evangelize. My point today is simply this folks. You're never going to understand and get the benefit of what being a Christian is all about until you take root and truly start developing and tasting what is true enough. You can't develop and grow as a Christian if you never did. Amen. Amen. When everything else has a higher priority than God. And I guess one of the strangest things that always strike me. People will be unfaithful. People will put any and everything else before God. But they'll get on planes. They'll fly everywhere. They'll travel everywhere. Have favor with God. Mm. But you expect God to protect you. That tells me you don't, you don't understand God. You can say to yourself, God is with me. But you need to understand what the Word of God says. So that you can know. God may not be with me. And to be truthful, when you put anything and other things before God, He is not We serve a jealous God. We serve a God who said, Thou should not have no other God before me. Not only before me, you don't need another God, period. 
Are you planning? Or planning? Can you look within yourself this morning and answer that honestly and say, I'm placed. Because for the last several years, I haven't grown no more things. Well, that's because you have no leaves. You know when flowers have taken root. They bloom. I come up here some mornings. Sister Kim got some flowers right out front. What do you call those big yellow flowers out there? Uh, lilies. Those lilies early in the morning. It's like their heads are bowed. <laughs> but then the sun come up over the trees and everything, and the lilies like they say, well, <laughs> even they recognize God. <laughs> they know God provides the sunlight for them to raise their hands. Look at it. Look at it. Your yard sometimes, yellow like mine that need some help. <laughs> What's those yellow like mine? What's those yellow daffodils always popping up in your yard? Damn the line, damn the line. Man, keep getting rid of those things, man, anyway. But you know, early in the morning, you can't even hardly see them because they're closed up. But when the sun hit a certain temperature to a certain spot, the dandelion the just, they say, hey, your yard need to <laughs> hey everybody, he ain't cutting his yard the way he should. He just tell everybody on <laughs> See how yellow and beautiful we are. This joke ain't keeping his yard up. <laughs> but guess what? Even they recognize the problem. How is it that even plants? can praise God and glorify Him on plan. And as much as God do for us every day, we walk around like those. Something's not right about that. But see, here's the difference. The plants are rude. The plants are rude. They're where they're supposed to be, in the ground, and they've been there, they, they, they are watered. So she will make sure they're watered. When she can't get up here, she call the man. <laughs> and I gladly get up and come up here, and she'll say, now nah, I want you to water over here, and I'll like, I only been hanging with you for the last 14 years. But she want to make sure you water this the right way. And because they get water and taken care of, they praise God. The sun come up, they say, hallelujah. They provide for the insects. The insects pollinate. The insects, the insects provide for us. They go about doing what they're supposed to do. Everything works in harmony. Man, everything is in harmony until they come to us. Here we are, we just jump off the track. God wakes us up in the morning, we don't plan. Go to the dumb job. Uh, no you don't. 
<laughs> I tell you what, you got a problem with your job, we're going to start praying that God calls you to be unemployed. <laughs> that, that's what we're going to start praying. God, please remove that job from them so that they can sit home and really find out what misery is. <laughs> So, Brother May, uh, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do what you do. <laughs> I'll meet you halfway. You thank God, I won't pray for that. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Are you rooted or placed? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. God provided a way for us who were once lost in darkness, eternal darkness, who was on death row for eternal damnation. God has provided a way for us through His Son Jesus that we can be planted with Him. Matthew 15, every plant is a God's plant. Matthew 15, 13, every plant that the Lord has not planted, God has not planted, shall be rooted up. Yeah. Everything that just appear religious ain't religious. Amen. Not acceptable to God. You've got to be rooted in the right place. <laughs> Brother Hotline talked about one baptism. But see, in Ephesians 4, it also talks about there's only one body. So just any church won't do. Amen. Because Ephesians 4 was said that one body. <laughs> Colossians 1.18 said, for he's the head of the body, which is the church. So you can interchangeably use that there is only one church. And that one church belongs to Christ because he said he was going to build his church. And he did. He said, there's only one sheepfold. And even when he prayed, he said, there are others who are not of this sheepfold, but they must be brought into this fold. He didn't say, I'm going to start another one and be pleased with it. No, they need to come from out and be brought in. Amen. The nurturing, the pastoring, the, the feeding is in Christ's sheepfold. Amen. That's right. John 10, 9. He said, you know what? I am the one who provides the pastorship. Go in and out and find pastor. In other words, you're going to find what you need to sustain. Any religion can't give you that. Amen. Right. You need to be in Christ. Go. Some say, well, I am in Christ. Not by definition of what the scripture teaches. Right, man. Because there is only one body. Go. And Christ is the head. 
Right? He's a body. He's the Savior of the body. Christ has all preeminence. He's everything. Christ's church can be traced back to Jerusalem. Hmm. Not to Arkansas. Not to New York. Not to Mississippi or not to England. Christ's church, the beginning can be traced back to Jerusalem. And it goes back to the day of Pentecost. Christ's church was prophesied and spoken of even in the Old Testament. And scriptures were fulfilled concerning it. These religions men have created, they can't do that. Yep. Right. That's why it's important to know where your roots are. Mm. So you could be rooted in something, mm. but it may not be the right thing you're rooted in. That's right. That's why Matthew 15 and 13 said, if we plant my heavenly father and not plant it, shall be what? Yeah. It says, root it up. It's important you know your roots. So are you placed or are you planted? Are you any good for God? Or are you just living life pleasing yourself? Even when you grow old in the Lord, you can still deal good for Him. He'll sustain you. He'll bless you. Flourish and grow with the church, his people. Come to this place to be planted forever with the Lord. You can't do that bouncing around. Amen. That's right. I said weeks ago in a sermon, people always talk about looking for Bible-believing church. I said many folks are lying. Because when you come to the knowledge of the truth of what a true Bible believing church is, you say, I don't want to do that. Right. Right. I want you to tell the truth. I'm looking for a church that tends to please my carnal thing. Yeah. So the things I don't want to give up, I don't have to give up. Right. And, and, and there may be some spiritual things I might not mind doing, and I'll do them. But to come to Christ, Matthew 16, 24, if any man will come after me, he said, let him first deny himself. First, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to understand you're not running anything. You don't have the control and running anything. If you're going to surrender your life to Christ, if you're going to surrender your will to his will, you relinquish running anything. It's Christ that dwells in you. It's the Spirit of God that dwells in you that makes the determination of where you go and what you do. Are you willing to surrender your will to God's Are you you willing to surrender your will and be baptized today for the remission of your sins and to be added to Christ's church Acts chapter 2. Christ does the add so he knows if you're legit or not. Mm. 
You know, you could drive out some people home and the flowers are so beautiful. You said, man, they must spend a bunch of time with those flowers and everything only to come to find out she could, guess what? Those are silk plants. <laughs> See, everything that look real <laughs> ain't real. You drive by and say, man, they, they have the greenest lawn. Man, they must have a great lawn keeper to take care of. Only to find out one day you stop and you say, man, that's turf. <laughs> Christ Will you surrender your will today? You're gonna you're gonna leave here one day. And you know the amazing thing, you don't know when. You're going to be judged one day. Hebrews 9 27. You're either gonna die and you're gonna have some works to follow you that pleases God, or you're gonna die and you're gonna be spiritually bankrupt. What I mean by spiritual bankrupt, you live to please you. You live to please you. And you enjoy your living. But now, you're going to be judged. And it won't impress God. There's a place of eternal rest, and there's a place of eternal damnation. God is so loving. He allows you to make the decision. You can choose life by denying yourself. Or you can choose death by seeking to please yourself. And putting everything else before you. It's your decision. But you have the opportunity today, as I said, to put Christ on in baptism. Yes, we baptize any day, every day of the week. Amen. We don't have a certain Sunday because we don't know where death is. Right. When people come to the understanding and the knowledge of the truth, they need to be baptized. They need to be saved. Guess what? We, we don't put people off and tell them to wait. Who are we? He wrote through that came in his voice. Right. That's why I'm praying right now that you don't harden your heart. You say, well, I need to think about some other things. Get saved and you can keep it. <laughs> you can keep learning. You can keep on doing whatever. But get saved. Because see, if you die thinking, you ain't ready. The Bible said, be ye ready, not be ye thinking. Be ye ready. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yeah. Believe. You have to have faith, folks. To believe that God's word is a final authority on all matters. Just that simple. God said it, that's it. Whether you believe it or not, that's it. So this is what's going to show up at the judgment. John 12, 48. These same words. Same words. Repent of your sins. Simply means that changing the way you think. Changing the way you once believed was right is no longer right according to what you've seen in God's Word. I recognize I need to change. You don't need to do a 360. You need to do a 180. You're right. You're right. 360 is going to send you in the same direction you're going in. The wrong way. But you need to repent. Acts 2, 30. Confess Christ to be the Son of God. 
be baptized today for the remission of your sins. And you arise up out of the water and you preach in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And there are no better roots, no stronger hold in life than to be in Christ. No greater blessing. Are you a candidate today? Are you certain? Maybe you've been baptized and you're a member of the church, but you recognize, you know what? I went from being planted and I allowed all of the godly soil to wash away and I've been living a life exposed as that unpleasant. But let me tell you, it's time for you to dig down and get back connected to the roots if you were baptized in church. Are you subject to What's our song? Just as I am. Just as. What is it? 205? 605. 605. Just as I am. Let us together stand and let us.